We're in week three of our series, Bucket List, and I want to talk to you today about how we can live life awake. How can we can live life awake? And I want to start off with just a little audio survey. Uh, how many of you remember those old school alarm clocks and like this sound right here is like, no, this is the death of, of the dream. And you have to wake up and face, face another day. And we just, we just like doing this with these old school uh, alarm clocks, just shutting those bad boys off. If you have your alarm on your iPhone, perhaps your alarm clock sounds a little bit like this. Uh, how many of you, you have a spouse, the alarm clock goes off and you're like, I can sleep in and they just keep hitting snooze. You're like, no, no make it, make it stop. I don't want to, I don't want to wake up. Uh, here's a shameless plug for my favorite sleep app. If you're a, a man or a woman that believes that life should have data points at every level, then Sleep Cycle is your best next app to download because you get data on all kinds of wonderful things. But check out this, this audio alarm clock. You set a window, like a 30 minute window, an hour window, whenever your sleep is the lightest, it wakes you up very gracefully like this. Come on, baby, time to face the day. You got this. Mercy's fresh and new every morning. Time to get up, like peaceful, peaceful wake up call right there. Nice little alarm clock, sleep cycle, shameless plug. But here's what, here's the reality. Sometimes it's hard to wake up. Sometimes it's hard to get up and face the day. It's hard to live life awake as well. You know, uh, it's hard to be awake spiritually, to stay awake to the things that are, are most important, to the things that, that matters most things that matter most. And I think we all have times when we would say maybe we weren't, weren't fully awake, we weren't, weren't fully alive, we weren't really, really living to our full potential. Sometimes you feel like you lack passion. Sometimes you lose a sense of, of purpose. Uh, listless towards what matters most and what you're supposed to be doing in life. Sometimes life can just feel like a grind, just like another day. We all, we all have these seasons and certainly 2020 has presented some hard transitions for all of us. We, we're all grieving on, on certain levels and some of you to top off 2020 and all the things that everybody else is grieving, you've, you've navigated some difficult transitions. Some of you have had kids that have moved out of the house. Some of you have had, had, had loved ones that have, have passed away. Some of you have been facing very real illness and, and perhaps even terminal illness. And it's just been a, been a tough, tough year. I mean, there's, there's school taking place at home and, and maybe you've lost a, a parent or a sibling. It's just, it's, just been, it's just been tough. And loss can make us feel numb. Loss can make us feel like we're in sleepwalking mode. And maybe you got through it, but you have not yet gotten over it. And now you live thoughtless sometimes. Sometimes we, we just go through life like we're sleep talking, we're sleep walking and life is just a grind whenever that takes place. And really my prayer for you, my, my prayer for me, my prayer for everyone tuning in today, my prayer for the central family is that perhaps this message would be a wake up call to wake up, to, to come alive to all God has created us and called us to be. Here's the big idea throughout this series. Uh, this series big idea is simply this. Let's be people who number our days so we do not waste our days. Let's be people who number our days so we do not waste our days. And I mentioned in week one, here's the theme verse throughout this entire series. is Psalms 90 verse 12 and it's this. Teach us to number our days so we may gain a heart 
of wisdom. This was David's prayer. This is a, a psalm. This is in the, in the Bible. He's basically saying, help me to, to number my days so I don't, I don't waste my days. We want to make the most of every, every opportunity. And certainly 2020 has reminded us of the gravity of life. And it serves as a source to motivate us to come alive in who God created us to be, to step in and make the most of every, every day, of every opportunity. And really there's power in making lists. Like studies show this. Uh, my hope for you is that, that throughout this series, you'd be thinking of things that you want to accomplish throughout your life before we, we kick that bucket. Because here's the reality, we're all gonna kick the bucket someday. Uh, but there's some things you wanna do, some good things you wanna accomplish, some things you wanna check off of that bucket list before we do. And I, I've been adding some things to my bucket list throughout this series, and I, I hope you are, are as well. In week one of this series, we looked at, at some inspiration from this guy named Paul, and Paul didn't always get it right. He had some regrets from his past, but we looked at in week one that he came to the end of his life, to the end of his race, and he said, you know what, I, I've, I've ran my race. I've kept the faith. I've remained faithful. I fought the good fight, and now there awaits me this, this prize, and I'm, I'm looking forward to what's to come. Uh, in week two, we, we talked about uh, how do we live with biblical perspective, and Frank and Jan Shatner uh, did a wonderful job of, of that. And, and then now this week, in week three, uh, this week I'd like to talk to us about the power of living awake to God spiritually, and how can we make the most of every opportunity that we get presented with. And in Ephesians, it's this guy named Paul and he's writing to this church. And uh, the, the, these, these people in this church were kind of getting worn down, kind of shaved down with the grind of life. And Paul writes to them and encourages them to, to live life awake to all God has created them to be. And so, so we're gonna camp out in Ephesians chapter five, uh, verses eight through 20. There's a whole lot here, but we're gonna read it and then make a couple observations. Here, here we go. Ephesians five, eight through 20. It says, for, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because these days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, uh, songs from the Spirit. Uh, sing and make music from your hearts to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow, there's a whole lot there for us to unpack. Uh, but again, I just want to make two observations from this text for us today. And here's, here's the first. If we're going to live life that is awake, the first thing that we need to do is to wake up to God. 
You need to wake up to God. If you're, if you're taking notes, this is where your notes begin. Let's be people who wake up to God. And, and so Paul, in this, this text, he actually quotes a hymn. A hymn is simply a song that the church, when they gather together, they would sing, they would sing to one another. And Paul, the scholars believe that Paul's quoting one of these hymns. And here's what he says again in, in, in Ephesians 5, verse 14. He says, this is why it is said, wake up, like, like rise up. Some of you might be asleep, but let's, let's wake up. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Paul's saying, wake up to God and all he's created you to be. It deals with the resurrection life that is available to you. It's available to me right here, right now. We don't need to be awake. We can be, have resurrection power right here, right now. It's available. Let's wake up to that reality. It's possible for us, though, to be believers that are out of touch with, with all God's created us to be, that all he's, he's called us to be. And so the question really is, how do we live life awake? How do we live life awake? I don't know if you know anybody that talks in their sleep, uh, or maybe you know some people that actually walk in their, in their sleep. Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a son, maybe it's a daughter, maybe it's, it's a relative, maybe it was your college roommate, uh, maybe it's a buddy that, that sleeps over and he, like, he lands in your kitchen in the middle of the night. Um, for, we, we, when we record these uh, online uh, services with these segments, like the, with the welcome, the communion, the offering, all this stuff, uh, we have some people that come and stay at our house, and so all the kids end up sleeping in, in our room. And so so uh, this was like a couple weeks ago, this was happening and all the kids were asleep in our room. And in the middle of the night, I wake up to our, our middle child, our six-year-old son, and he's, he's talking that's very loud. Uh, mommy, mommy, go left, go left. I'm running so fast. And I shoot up out of bed. I'm like, oh my goodness, like, is there a foot race happening? While I'm, you know, what, what is going on? And it was our son, dead asleep, Talking about some kind of race, and apparently his mom was in the way. He's just sleep talking. Uh, there's a blog that blew up a couple years ago. It's called Sleep Talking Man. And uh, this is normal dude, normal guy, normal couple. But this guy, like his, his sleep talking habit is next level. And it would wake up his wife. And so, so all you spouses that have, have a spouse that's talking their sleep, uh, I'm not recommending this, but here's what she did. She thought rather than being annoyed and just sleeping in the other room, she thought... <laughs> I'm going to start a blog. And she started sharing what her husband said in his sleep. And it went viral so much so that they, they wrote a book. And you can actually buy this book on Amazon, Sleep Talking Man. Here's just a sampling of some of the things that this guy says in his dreams. Uh, here's the first one. Don't leave the duck there. It's totally irresponsible. Put it on the swing. It'll have much more fun. Another one, he said, shh. I'm telling you, your voice, my ears, bad combination. <laughs> he was lucky he was asleep for that one. Um, here's another one. It, it was such a good idea giving the guinea pigs wings. Flappy, 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 fat bats, fat bats. <laughs> uh, it's out there. Here's the a, here's a last one. Uh, your mom is at the door again. Bury me, bury me deep. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good thing he was asleep for that one as well. But when we're asleep, when, when we live life asleep, when we're, we're sleeping, we, we say things that just don't make a whole lot of sense. When we're sleeping, we, we do things that just don't make a whole lot of sense. And I would just submit to you that sometimes in our spiritual life, when we live from a, a sleep space, 
posture, we say things that don't make a lot of sense. We do things that don't make a whole lot of sense. We start living life on autopilot. We live life disconnected from the reality that God loves you, that God has a plan for you, that we need to make every day count because our days are numbered. John Hargrove, he wrote a book called Mind Hacking. And uh, in the book, he, he tells a story about how he overcame some destructive patterns in his life that were, were really ruining his life. He, he noticed that it all came down to what he called thought loops. And he noticed that, that in his mind, all kinds of unhealthy thought loops were, were running on repeat over and over and basically became self-fulfilling prophecies in his life. And so he would tell himself uh, things like this, I hate exercise and I'll never be good at it. He would tell himself things like, I have to save every penny or else I'm gonna end up broke. Uh, I can never meet my boss's unfair expectations. I'm too awkward and unattractive to find true love. I'll never find a job because there are so many more people out there that are much more qualified than me. And the tricky thing, what he noticed about these, these negative thought loops is that they happen in the background of his mind. Uh, they they don't, don't, really, uh, don't really actually hear these negative thoughts. You just feel panic and discomfort whenever you, you, you approach changing or doing something different that would bring betterment into your life. Uh, the loops mac, mac, uh, maximize your fears and, uh, and highlight your, your failures. And it minimizes your chance for success. And here's the worst part of it all. Uh, you believe them to be very true. Uh, but that isn't the case. And so, so it's just really thoughts that have gone rogue and kind of tried to ruin our lives. So here's, here's the essence of the book. I'm going to save you about, uh, about 300 pages of reading right here. Here's what he says. Uh, in order to, to, to disregard the negative thought loops, we have to replace them with the truth. Replace the lie with the truth, essentially. So, for example, the old thought loop. Uh, I hate exercise and I'll never be good at it. Replace it with a new thought loop. I'm good to my body. I'm thankful for, that it, for the ways that it is good to me. The old thought loop. If only I could go back and fix that one mistake, life would be better. Here's the new thought loop. I'm grateful that I'm older, wiser, and making better decisions because of that. Old thought loop. I will never be able to meet my boss's expectations. New thought loop, I'm good at my job, my work produces value. As you replace these reoccurring destructive thought loops, you make better decisions. Those decisions become new habits and you begin to see life in a whole new realm. Not only are you able to meet your potential, but you're able to see your God-given potential. And earlier in Ephesians, Paul tells this church, this, this master thought loop, uh, these people he was writing to were, were caught up in these, these old destructive habits and they started to live life on autopilot. And he reminds them of their, their God-given position in Christ, this reality that's true for them, this reality that's true for you. And here it is, this true thought loop that's true for you in Ephesians 2.10, it says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. So here's the master thought loop that I, I challenge you to say in the mirror to yourself every day. 
I'm God's masterpiece created to do good things. That's true of who you are. And any voice that says anything less than that is a lie and you need to replace it with the truth. And if you're a person of faith, if you've accepted Jesus as the leader and the forgiver of your life, then this is the baseline reality for who you are. You are God's masterpiece created to do good things. You are not an accident. You are not random collections of atoms. You are not a mistake. You're not a waste of space. You're not a screw up. You're not a failure. You're the workmanship of God. You're not, you're, you're, you're maybe a work in progress, but God's not finished with you yet. Uh, you may, may not be who you want to be, but you have high value because God himself is shaping you, molding you, teaching you, crafting you, helping you to be more than you could ever imagine. And you're not just supposed to sit around. You're supposed to, to not just sit there and be quiet. You're supposed to stand up. We're supposed to wake up. We're supposed to step into all God created us to be because he has good plans for you, things that he planned for you long ago. And listen to me, that means that there are plans that only you can do. Things that are good, important, eternal things. And that's why we say, if you're not dead yet, you're not done yet, because God still has big plans for your life. One of the ways that we step into the good things that God has planned for our lives is we start storing up the good things in our heart. We don't just fill our minds with those things. We have to, we have to store up some good things in our heart. And so here's what Jesus said in Luke 6:45. He said the good man, the good woman, they bring out good things out of the good stored up in their heart. And the evil man or the evil woman, they bring evil things out of the evil that's it's stored up, it's stored up in their hearts. And check this out, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so in other words, what will we store up? What will we, what will we absorb? What will we what will we take into our life? eventually is gonna come out of our lives. So we wanna change the outcome of our lives. We have to change what we put into our hearts. I saw this message from a pastor in Oklahoma, Pastor Herbert Cooper, and he used this, this illustration of these, these two bowls, right? And so there's a sponge, and this sponge, it represents your life. It represents my life. It represents who we are. It represents the environments that we, we place ourselves in. And, and really what we place ourselves in is what we absorb into our life. And so, so it kind of goes, goes like this. Like if you wanna have a, a better outcome, but we continue to position ourselves around, around people that, man, they, you get around them and they just, they're, they're, they're always talking negatively about their spouse. And like, they can never meet their expectations. They, their job will never be good enough. Their employer can never get it right. I mean, have you heard the recent political conversation? Well, let me tell you about what's going on here. It's not looking good. And you just absorb, you, you hang around in those environments, those people who share those, those negative thoughts and the, all the, the, the bad things happen in our world, then guess what's gonna come out of you? Not good stuff. Because Jesus said what you, what you allow in to your heart, it's gonna come out of it's gonna come out of your life. A lot of what we listen to, and I, listen to me, I, I'm a fan of all kinds of music. I, I'll show you my playlist. I got a wide variety of music, but here's what I know to be true. I, I love 90s rap, but, but if I listen to so much 90s rap, I'm gonna start behaving like 90s Tim, and that's not good for anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, what and who you listen to? Andy Stanley said this, what and who you listen to will ultimately determine what you do. 
The, the environments that you soak in, the people you hang around, what you allow into your mind goes into your heart and it's gonna come out in your life. That's what Jesus is saying. And so for some of you, like maybe it's novels and you love reading novels and, and man, it's, it's, it's hot and heavy and, and man, he's so perfect. And I wish, here's what it makes you think. I wish my marriage was like that. And here's the deal, like your marriage can never live up to that expectation because it's a novel, it's fictitious, it's, it's not reality. So if you want to change your life, you want to change the output, we have to shift the input. Because if we soak in dirty water, we're going to produce some dirt that comes out of our life. That's what Jesus is saying here in Luke. But on the other hand, if you want, to, you want some good things to come out of your life, you want some clean things, you want some, some things that, that bring joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. If you want those to be characteristics of your life, then let's be people who soak in God's word. Let's be people who live, live life of worship with abandonment, like we just go after God. Let's be people who surround ourselves with people of faith, who speak, speak truth over our lives, can share eternal perspective about life circumstances and situations that we're facing. And here's, here's what will be true. You soak in those environments and, and good, good things, desirable things will come, out of, will come out of your life. This is essentially what Paul is telling us in Romans. When we come to Romans chapter 12, he's He's given this, this pattern of, of how we can experience life transformation, how we can go through life and experience true change. And some of you, the whole reason that you're, you're watching this today is because you're like, I know some things need to change. My outlook on life isn't super positive. I, I want to be a different person. Well, Paul, he gives us this, this formula for life change and life transformation, and here it is. He says this, he says, don't conform to the, the patterns of the world. Like, like stop soaking in the wrong stuff, but be transformed. And that's really what we want. We want, we want to be who God created us to be. We don't want to go through life asleep. We want to be, be awake to all the good things that, that he has for us. We will, when we kick the bucket, we don't want to come to the end of our life and say, well, I wish I would have spent more time in this camp rather than then this get, but how do we do that? How do we experience life transformation? He says, don't conform to the pattern of the world any longer, but be transformed, and this is how, by renewing your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What Paul is essentially saying is we gotta change some thought loops. We gotta change the environments that we hang out in because what and who we listen to is ultimately gonna determine what we do. And I don't know about you, but I'm super thankful for books like Mind Hacking and, and other um, uh, scientific research and psychologists that, that just really highlight that what, what the Bible says and has been teaching us for centuries, like psychology and science is now just coming alongside and confirming that because changing our thought loops can lead to a, a changed life and it'll allow us to live life fully awake. So let's, let's change some thought loops. Let's allow God to renew our minds so we can be the people he created us to be. Let's, let's wake up, O oh sleeper. Let's rise from the dead. Rise up and realize that you're a masterpiece. Rise up to the good things that God has planned for you to do. And then when you do that, here's the second thing and the final observation. Let's wake up to opportunity. Let's be people that wake up to opportunity. Uh, how, how many procrastinators do we have uh, tuning in online today? You're a procrastinator. You're like, I'm just gonna wait until the last minute, then I'm gonna do that thing. Here's what I would say about procrastinators. Procrastinators are not unproductive people. Uh, they occupy their time with just 
things that aren't necessarily the most important thing at the time. Uh, I came across a couple uh, examples of this. Check out this, uh, this dinosaur creation. Like some dude at work, he, you know, he, he was being productive, but just not probably productive on what he was supposed to be doing. Like he, he created this creation out of, out of binder clips. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. All right, how about this next one, this Pringles Ringle? I did it, I did it. I built a Pringles Ringle. No glue, just physics. This is a challenge for some of you engineers watching this. No glue, Pringles, 2020 challenge. There it is, Pringles Ringle. Uh, here's this next one. Uh, this, is, this is a guy with a lot of time on his hands. I love this one. Uh, the earth and the moon made out of ru- rubber band balls. And uh, to scale, I might add, this is built to scale. And uh, I just appreciate this note, Paul's productivity at work today. <laughs> like very productive, just probably not productive on the things that mattered, mattered most. Listen to what, what Paul tells us back in Ephesians uh, chapter five, verses 15 through 17. He says this, so, so be very careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. And here's what he says, make the most, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days and don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what God wants you to do. Think about about this for a minute. Like what are the opportunities that God is is presenting you? What what are the God-sized opportunities before you? Opportunities to know him, opportunities to grow in him, opportunities to course correct where we may be out of bounds, opportunities to serve others, opportunities to make a difference, opportunities to live with love and joy and peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, and self-control. What an opportunity for us to step into who God has created us to be. I'm super thankful for, for one of our members of the Central Family. Maybe you saw this in the news or on social media, but, but, but Kevin Ashford, uh, right here at the Central Family, he, he, he heard of an opportunity. Uh, there was this girl who uh, lost her baseball card collection in the, in the California fires, and, and Kevin had this extensive baseball card collection. Uh, throughout the years, he, he collected 25,000 baseball cards, and Kevin was ready to sell them on eBay, but he heard about this little girl, lost her, her baseball card collection in an unprecedented, unfortunate event and, and, and Kevin seized an opportunity and gave this little girl his baseball card collection of 25,000 baseball cards. Like way to go, Kevin, way to see an opportunity, way to take an opportunity. I love that. Let's be people that wake up to opportunity. Here's what Paul goes on to say though as well. He says, says the days are evil. And so we need to just, just know that the, the God-sized opportunities aren't just gonna fall into our lap. There's things that we have to, we have to push for, things we have to take, take hold of. We have to be careful though. We have to be watchful. We have to be wise and make every effort to understand what God wants us to do and when he wants us to do it. And Paul describes what that might look like. And in Ephesians chapter five, verse 18 through 20, he says this. Uh, here's, here's how we can be aware of the God opportunities in front of us. He says, don't get drunk on wine because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's about gratitude for all God has done. And in fact, I think the more thankful you are for all God has done, the more aware you will be of the opportunities he's putting in front of you. Uh, 
I know I mentioned this in week one, but I think creating a, a habit of happiness is, is essential for us to thrive in life. Remember, we looked at the, the top five regrets of the dying, and we, we talked about how we can uh, overcome tomorrow's regrets with today's faithfulness. And one of the ways that we do that is just being thankful for what God has given us. We just be, be thankful and creating habits of, of happiness and be grateful for those things. Because if, if we're not grateful, rather than creating a bucket list, we'll just create a grumble list and highlight everything that's wrong around us. And rather than living with what's possible in God, we'll start living from regrets of the past. Uh, you can either hang on to your dreams for the future, or you'll have to hang on to regrets of yesterday. And and one of the best ways to anchor yourself in, is, is in the past. If you, you want to go on a downhill spiral, just anchor yourself there. If you want to have an upward trajectory, just look forward to what God is doing ahead of us in your life personally, in our church collectively. Let's be wise. Let's be thoughtful. He says, don't get drunk on wine. That's what I think is interesting. And I, I would submit, I don't think that's a, that's a prohibition statement. I think it's a warning against escapism. And I think it's a lot more than wine. It's a warning against using substance to help us forget the problems rather than to deal with the problems. He says that will ruin your life. And as a lot of you know from personal experience, that's the absolute truth. Uh, But notice what he does not say. He doesn't say live sober, sad, joyless, being crushed by your problems. He says no. He says be filled with the spirit, be filled with joy. Let that be your true strength, true hope. That's the kind of life that makes you want to sing. Be people that sing in the shower. You overflow with joy. You, you, got, you got joy on your lips. You, you got gratitude in your heart that overflows in what you say and, and how you live. And, and that's why I'm thankful for the central team. I'm thankful for Juan uh, because he produces uh, amazing worship songs for us to Turn our direction upward. We have on our social media accounts, Worship Wednesday. You can go on our YouTube page and just sometimes throughout the week, I just go and click on a song. And there in the middle of the day, I just have a little worship moment. I need to turn my heart upward and just have a moment to be grateful and thankful for who God is and all he's done and what he's calling us, calling us to do. A couple years ago, a guy by the name of Chris Pratt, he's the main character in Guardians of the Galaxy. He received a MTV movie uh, and TV award. He, he, in, in his award speech, he received this award and he seized an opportunity to share nine things, nine things uh, for nine rules for living. And some of them were funny, some of them were crude, uh, but some of them were exactly what people needed to hear. And I think maybe today, a couple of these are exactly what maybe you need to hear as well. And here are the nine things that Chris shared. I'm not going to share all of them, I'm just going to share a few. Here's the first thing he said, though he said, breathe. Just breathe. If you don't, you'll suffocate. Man, 2020 has been a tough year. What, what if you just took a moment right now? You just breathe. Just breathe. If, don't, if you don't, you'll suffocate. Second thing he shared was you have a soul. Be careful with it. It's wise. Rule number six, he says, God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. Believe that. I do. Number eight, learn to pray. It's easy and it's good for your soul. Number nine, nobody's perfect. People will tell you that you are perfect just the way you are. You are not. You are imperfect. You will always be. But there is a powerful force that designed you that way. And if you're willing to accept it, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. Like freedom that we enjoy in this country, that grace was paid for with somebody else's blood. Don't forget that. Don't take that for granted. That's what you call making the most 
of an opportunity. Whenever Chris's opportunity came, he was prepared to seize the moment. And here's what I know to be true of you. Here's what I know to be true of me. This week is gonna present us with some opportunities. Let's live life awake to those opportunities. It might not be an MTV movie or TV award, but it might just be a one-on-one conversation standing next to someone at the checkout line, maybe in the the gas pump a couple over. You know what, there's gonna be a whole lot of opportunities for you and for me to be the people that God called us to be. You may have heard that there's an election taking place this week. And here's what I know to be true on Wednesday. No matter matter the outcome, there's gonna be some people that are very upset. There's gonna be some people that, that feel like the sky is falling. And in that moment, I just invite you to seize an opportunity to remember your God-given calling, to remember that you're a citizen of heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there. We we're not looking to the election for our hope. We have hope beyond this week. We have hope beyond this life. Let's be people who, who recognize that we're, we're kingdom subjects. We're sons of the king. We're daughters of the king. Let, let's speak that over people. Let's, let's share some eternal perspective this week in the midst when everything else seems to be spinning out of control let's step into calm let's be carriers of peace let's be conduits of hope let's let's see some god-given opportunities that you're going to have this week let's would you share eternal perspective with some folks this week i've been reading uh, this book by john maxwell called uh, the 15 invaluable laws of growth and it's been a pretty good book. Um, some people love Maxwell. Some people hate him. I, I, I love him. I think the stories are great. Illustrations are good. And he, he shared one poem in his book that I wanted to share with you. It was called Dream Big. Dream Big. It's full of encouraging words, but it also captures what it takes to make the most of every opportunity. And here's what it says. If there were ever a time to dare, to make a difference, to embark on something worth doing, it is now. Not for any grand cause necessarily, but for something that tugs at your heart, something that's your aspiration, something that's your dream. You owe it to yourself to make your days here count. Have fun, dig deep, stretch, dream big. Know though that that things worth doing seldom come easily. There will be days that are good, days that are bad. There'll be times when you want to turn around, pack it up, call it quits. Those times tell you that you're pushing yourself, that you are not afraid to learn by trying. Let's dream big. Let's make the most of every opportunity. Let's live life awake. Howard Thurman said this, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And if any group of people should represent that sentiment, it should be us, the church, because we have the life-giving power of the resurrected Savior coursing through our veins. Let's wake up to God. Imagine if we stopped sleepwalking and sleep talking throughout life. Imagine what your life would look like if you came fully alive and who God created you to be. Let's start living that life fully alive this week. Let's wake up to opportunity. Imagine if you seized every opportunity that life presented you this week. Imagine on Wednesday when you represented him well at the office by being calm when others are freaked out 
by being collected when things are spinning out of control, by being composed and confident in the midst of uncertain seasons. Not because of an election or an outcome, but because you know you're a child of God and you've been bought with a price. Imagine if you took action this week and shared heavenly perspective to a world that's desperately looking for answers. Imagine if you simply took action on what the Bible says and we became people who made the most of every opportunity. Let's pray. Well, God, we just thank you for allowing us to be called your kids, for the invitation that you give us to be your sons and daughters, to be your representatives here on this earth for such a time as this. So God, I pray that you would wake us up, that you would wake me up, that you'd wake up your church, God, to fulfill our God-given potential. God, would you, you wake us up to seize God-given opportunities this week? God, may we see it, may we recognize it, may we take action on it. God, would you give us strength, power, confidence, and courage to do that, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.